Привет, and welcome to Zakhartoni Ukrainsi, UK Life Report, the podcast for all things Ukrainian. My name is Andre, and in this podcast we'll be discussing the current politics in Ukraine, exploring Ukraine's history, culture and traditions, as well as what's happening in the diaspora. With me are my co-hosts Brianna, Yustan, Nathan and Alexa. In today's episode, we'll be exploring how COVID-19 has forced the diaspora to expand its online presence. I think it's safe to say that everyone's lives have been turned upside down uh, as a result of this global pandemic. And Justin, I know you wanted to start with something positive. Yeah, I think it's about time for a bit of a feel-good story and, and something that's close to home. Um, I'd like to kind of just touch on the realities uh, of our unprecedented situation with COVID-19 and how our diaspora, our Ukraine community in Sydney and Ukraine community in Australia and Ukraine communities all around the world are dealing with the isolation, social distancing measures that are affecting uh, the majority of countries around the world. Certainly in the Australian experience, I think it's seen um, some really positive things happening in the community, things like live streaming of liturgies from our churches um, and some of our organisations looking to do things online um, and also just some of the, uh, I guess, national efforts to coordinate with the Australian government to make sure that all the advices are in multiple languages, particularly Ukrainian language for our members and our senior members. There's a lot of really good work happening um, and obviously it's, it's always encouraging when human ingenuity overcomes these sort of situations. But part of what I feel has happened in this scenario is that um, not only are our own um, members of our community taking part in these uh, online activities, whether they be churches or otherwise, but a lot of our more um, maybe less active Ukrainians in our community uh, seem to be engaging quite a bit with this online presence. And I guess my first question to all of you was um, what your experience has been with that in comparison to the community you've grown up with and what you think might be attractive about it and, and what might be a challenge as we move forward past COVID-19. So I think first off, for me, it, the church is kind of like the biggest one being like affected the most by COVID-19. And with our church and many of the other churches going online, live streaming their liturgies, I think it's fascinating to see kind of like the interaction that people have in that many of us don't actually realize how much of an influence religion can have or like your belief can have in kind of these times of desperate need. So I think just having this type of live stream brings us closer together, not only through like, this tough time, but also for our religion as well. But one thing I, I would say is that uh, even though it doesn't feel the same, it's not invoking the same kind of reaction as, uh, as some people might see if they were to go to church. It's kind of like having a group of friends. Uh, when you're all together, you kind of feel this atmosphere and connection between everyone. And it's easy to interact. You can kind of talk a little bit by yourselves or as a whole group, right? But being online, you don't have this interaction. The same. It's not the same interaction that you'd feel. Sure, you're all together and stuff. But because you're not all there, you can't all interact with each other. It's it's a lot different. And I think after all of this, I, I don't think we're going to have kind of that same feeling again. Like we're going to realize that this type of distancing or online presence doesn't really work for some cases. That's how I see this. 
Okay, um, is your example just specifically church? So that one you're talking about, Andre? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, I remember from uni that um, a key part of the liturgy is um, there needs to be like active participation. Um, and yeah, like you said, it is, it's easier to have that active participation when you are in the same place with the priest, when you're all together. Um, whereas in the comfort of your own home, from what I can see here at home, there's a little bit of, um, I guess I'd say laziness. Where, yeah, where like, um, you know, oh, I know I'm meant to stand in this part, but, you know, sometimes I know a couple of people here that don't stand when it's that particular part. Or someone might say, oh, I can see it from my room and then watch the liturgy from their room. It's that kind of stuff, which I know it's kind of that, it's like a slippery slope. We started off really into it and then it's kind of like, going back now that might just be my own experience but i feel that when everyone goes back to church when we are allowed to go back to church i think that the that very first liturgy is going to be um an amazing experience i think it's also allowed people to gain an appreciation for all the other liturgies that the priests conduct during the week because usually people only attend on sunday but now because of live streaming people can attend all the vestas and all the other liturgies that take place during the week and I think people have found a like new appreciation for what the priests do on a daily basis. Do you think as well, though, guys, that the fact that it just so happened that this crisis happened over probably the most important Holy Week of our calendar over Easter, it has that made this even more impactful? Do you think? Um, I think it does. Like like you said, a lot of people have missed out on this big celebration of Easter and. Uh, one thing that I do remember was that uh, during the propovied, uh, the head, uh, the priest at our church, he he talked about how he received a message that day of how it's not the same like being at home watching the liturgy. It's you don't have that same emotion. Like I mentioned earlier, it's it's not the same, and you they don't feel this connection. And well, what the priest mentioned was that. Even though we can't be here all together, I think we all still need to be active. Like Nathan said, being active, being part of the liturgy, singing even though you're singing by yourself, standing when needed, praying all together. I think he emphasized just trying to still unite us, even though we're all disconnected. I think that's true, but I, I think what what this uh, online, I guess, web streaming of, of liturgies has has provided which probably wasn't being provided is a connection for a lot of our elderly who can't make it to churches um as as, as often as they'd like to whether in nursing homes or otherwise um, i think the the streaming of church liturgies has been quite important for that that community um, and that group and obviously as well for the families that support those uh those are uh, those senior members of our community um, and i guess from from my perspective, although I think you know web streaming should never be considered a substitute in any way, shape, or form for attending liturgy and participating fully, I think there is an open question as as things do stabilise in our current situation, what can be what can be maintained for some of those elderly in our community that can't attend, or you know as as people as we go into more of a hybrid phase where people might be infected and be in quarantine, you know how do we continue to support? those members um, of our community who won't be able to attend for some time. I, I don't think this all stops in a month or two, if that makes sense. And I think it's also shown how resilient 
the Ukrainian community is because different organizations have revolved. The Ukraine, like Storm Plus, they've also started live streaming. Some of the Yuki schools from abroad have started doing online like activities for their kids. So I think it shows that like it's a vibrant community and people are able to come out of situations. I think where it's really done something powerful is certainly from from my my position that I've seen is probably a better understanding of our broader diaspora around the world. I think the online presence that we've all done for our own communities internally has now spread around to our networks and through our networks to other diaspora countries and other Ukrainian communities around the world. And I think we're all just that little bit more aware of, you know, Ukrainian churches in North America, Ukrainian churches in um, Europe, wherever they are, those who are live streaming. Um, and some of them, you know, very professionally, I've done it for, for five years very professionally, like a TV studio and others who are who are doing a viral. I think each of them provide a window into how diverse and how broad and how vibrant our Ukrainian diaspora really is. One thing I would like to add is that um, some people have taken advantage, like earlier, the church, but um, it hasn't stopped other organizations, like Alexa said, from doing their own activities. And one thing that I've come across now is that uh, Sumnaviov have created their own online, uh, online tabir. And I think it started on the 4th of May. And uh, they're going for six days. And I don't think it's a whole day of tabir. It's, I think, in the evenings. And they're having um, all their activities done online now. So I found that quite interesting actually, that even though it's been cancelled physically to go, they still do. They still found a way to do it. Yeah, and I think that kind of innovation is what really does provide, uh, uh, you know, I guess, guess hope for the future of all these communities. I mean, obviously, in Australia, we're looking at the 70th anniversary for a lot of our organisations and our settlement in Australia as a community. Um, in other countries, they're celebrating similar types of milestones and obviously um, there is you know so much in our world that has happened I guess to affect people's priorities and before that obviously Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian ethnic life or uh, community life obviously competed with a whole host of other interests and other demands on most modern day you know human beings and perhaps this is an opportunity with this sort of I guess rethink and reset where everyone's reconsidering their priorities that there is an opportunity here to you know reflect on what's important particularly as, as nathan mentioned from a spiritual perspective but also from you know what people devote their time to and i'm wondering that as much as obviously um the online experiences will never be um a substitute for the community work that needs to happen face to face it's a, it is a question whether there's a way that these um continuing some of these online activities might help you know draw interest from people in a way that's easier than having to rock up to something where you don't know anyone and um and try and interface and participate i did have a thing to say before about how Justin, you were saying that um having it online really opens up our diaspora and allows us to to see the vibrancy of ukrainian churches all over the world and i was reminded of um my own auntie in Italy, uh, she 
like she lived here obviously when um her whole family came over like my tato and you know my grandparents and everything but then she moved over to Italy and she's she's always trying to keep her Ukrainian faith alive and it was really nice for her to be able to see our Easter mass and to celebrate it online because she hasn't been able to come to an Easter mass in Australia and it yeah it was really nice for her she really really enjoyed it seeing all the Easter traditions from her own home which was really cool and also I should mention that um I have never been, because I'm a girl, I've never been, like, behind the screen um, in a church. So it's really fascinating to me to see what the priests do behind it. So that's also something that's really cool that's come out of it that I didn't think would happen. <laughs> it's, it's interesting yeah. you mentioned that, Brianna, because um, I just for a bit of background, I, was edit, I, I do edit a lot of the masses in, in I guess, the church that Brianna's describing of liturgies and the the actual changing of the position of the camera is all to um, our parish priests um, credit i never moved the camera to that angle that showed behind the altar behind the iconostas um, and i thought i still sometimes get a little bit unsure about which parts of the liturgy i'm actually supposed to cut into and cut okay. out of um, being an altar boy from times gone by, like a, a lot of a lot of the gentlemen on this panel, we, we obviously know there's very sacred parts of of the liturgy that happen, and and a lot of that stuff, as as you point out, Mariana, for us is we've kind of seen that as we were little kids, we knew what was going on, but uh, behind the kind of sus yeah. is not something that everyone sees. So it is definitely a, a very valid observation, but it is it is lovely. Um, it's a lovely gesture of our parish priest to be able to bring her a little bit closer to that. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Catch us next week for more Ukrainian content.